Well, good evening. How are you tonight? It is good to see you. Thank you for being back for our second night of revival. Man, it is fantastic. So excited about what God did last night. Amen? And so excited about what God is going to do tonight as well. I uh, want to give you a couple of things. Uh, let me just state the obvious. Um, we didn't plan it, but Brett and I are wearing uniforms tonight, dressed identical. So take all your shots you want right now, okay? Get them out of the way. Um, uh, I want to give you a little bit of a schedule uh, change, too, in this. Um, tomorrow night, Pastor Joe Dobbins was supposed to be with us. He's had a death in his family, and I would like for you to please keep them in prayer um, and keep them in your earnest prayers. Uh, it's very difficult for, for Joe and his wife, Kayla, and uh, we want to keep them at the forefront of our prayers as well. I actually thought of two or three of my pastor friends that I was about to reach out to who were willing um, when I texted them yesterday, they were willing to come and preach, and, um, but I felt something different in my spirit. I woke up about 4 o'clock this morning, and I felt like the Lord dropped a word in my heart to share with you tomorrow night. So I want you to be here tomorrow night and receive that word, and I believe God is going to do something significant tomorrow night. Amen? Look, none of this took God by surprise, and I believe everything about this revival is divine and providential, and the Lord is going to do something in your life and in my life, too. Tonight... I am so excited to have um, just a fabulous uh, guest speaker with us. Uh, he's been here before. Uh, Tony Stewart is uh, senior pastor of City Life Church in Tampa, Florida for, for many, many years. Has been one of the fastest growing in, uh, churches in America and one of the leading in our tribe, our denomination. But in addition to that, he also serves a dual role as serving on the executive committee of our denomination, which means he helps lead the Church of God denomination. He's got such great leadership skills, such a great uh, pastor, and uh, he is a gifted communicator of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he is my friend, and I want you to give a great Mount Perrin North welcome to Bishop Tony Stewart tonight. Come on, would you stand tonight one more time? Come on, put your hands together for Jesus tonight. Oh, anybody excited to be in church on a Monday night? Oh, now let me tell you, we're going to pray. Let me tell you, in the last five days I've been in Orlando. I've preached convocation at Lee University. Now don't sit down yet, I, I'm going to pray. I need to make sure you're awake before I start. I mean, you're eager, I know, I can tell. I was, where was I? <laughs> Lee Convocation. Friday night, I spoke to almost 2,000 Hispanics. And I'm telling you, I didn't have anything left when I left. Sunday morning, I was at Mount Perrin Central. And I flew yesterday afternoon to Mobile, Alabama. And I flew back here today. I will say this is going to be my favorite service of the week because it's my last. <laughs> but I am so honored to be with my good friend, Pastor Kirk, and just to see what God has done here. And what you have done with this facility is amazing. You know, I, I want this to be a testimony of what God can do with old places, old things. I want people to walk in this room and sense that if he can rehab a building like this, what can he do with a life? I want to pray for you tonight. And this is what I want just together as we journey through the word. I want to speak to you about the subject, stand, speak, and stretch. Can I pray over you tonight? Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for my friend, Father. I thank you for his leadership and the gift he is to me in the kingdom of God. I pray blessings over Pastor Kirk in this next season. I pray over this staff. I pray over the leadership team, every elder, 
Father, I pray for those that serve in parking lots and those that run cameras, those that no one ever sees because their gift is behind the scenes. Father, I believe in due time you will exalt them. So, Father, I bless them tonight. Father, I bless this house. Father, I pray tomorrow night as pastor leads a word and gives us a word. Father, I pray it would be rhema, logos, living, declaring. Father, give him a double anointing to lead in this next season. Open our ears, open our hearts and our mind and let us leave this place stretch for kingdom expansion. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. You can be seated now. I just like to make sure everybody's awake when I start. So if you fall asleep, it's on me tonight. I want to go to the book of Exodus and I want to share a journey of the children of Israel. I believe the children of Israel's journey in the Old Testament was a template for a New Testament journey as believers. I believe what God did with the people of God, a word starting in Genesis that would thread through an Old Testament and arrive in a little town called Bethlehem was all connected. From Father Abraham to Moses to Joshua to a young shepherd named David that would have the house of David and eventually the son of David. And eventually we would be now connected in covenant 2,000 years later. Something happens in our journey when we decide in our heart and mind that what God said about us matters. In the book of Exodus, the people of God that have been enslaved for a generation, they're getting ready to come out of a season, but God is also ready to take them into a season. Anybody in this room maybe been in transition the last season? Maybe you've been in a place where God is stretching you and working on you. Exodus chapter 13 is right where the people of God are. Verse 17. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistine, although that was near. For God says, lest perhaps the people change their mind when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went out in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. I'm going to jump to chapter 14, starting in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. Well, that's a good word for somebody right there. The Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go forth on dry ground out of the midst of the sea. In the journey of faith we find ourselves on, God moves us from glory to glory. I love the seasons of God's glory where you just know you're in the perfect will of God. You just know that the heavens have shifted and God is moving. I love those moments. I love the seasons of God. I love when he takes us from faith to faith. But most of the time, it's not the seasons of God's glory where the enemy of your soul comes after you. It's usually not where he tries to rob you of your purpose and snatch your family. But usually it's in the two little letters, the T and the O. It's where you're not where you used to be, but you're not yet where you're going. It's in the hallway of your faith where you're in this transitional place. I find that as I travel, there are a lot of people in transition right now where the Holy Spirit is moving people from glory 
to glory. He's doing new things. I believe the body of Christ is in a transition. I do not believe we can come out of a season like we just came through. A global pandemic, a crazy election, racial tension that tried to not only tear our, uh, our world apart, but even the kingdom apart. But, but none of that has caught God off guard. You realize when the world is at its darkest, God's always at his best. When the enemy comes in, the Bible says, like a flood, the Holy Spirit raises up a standard and pushes back darkness. And for some of you right now, you do not see that hand that is holding back the, the working of the adversary. You do not see that hand that is holding back the attack of the adversary. But we move from glory to glory. But in those two little letters, they seem insignificant, but they're the hallway of our faith. It's where we transition from one season to the next. That's where Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. Not in the season of miracles where we're walking on water. Not where we're calling dead people out of graves. Not yet in Acts chapter 2, but in a season of, uh, where un that's unfamiliar to you. Where things are different. Where things are changing around you. Where, where you were is not where you are now. And where you're going is not yet. That is where Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But I've got good news, Peter. When you fall, get back up. Never forget I'm praying for you. Maybe nobody's told you this week he's praying for you. Maybe nobody's told you this week, but he's declaring your name, your purpose, and your destiny. It's in that transition of our faith. It's in those moments that we move from glory to glory where he stretches us. And, and the Father begins to work in us. But if you ever have the revelation, you're at the right place, at the right time, everything changes. Matter of fact, somebody say, this is the place. Say, now is the time. Now take it to another level. I am the one. If you ever really believe you're the one, that's where you can declare, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why my head has been anointed for this season. Goodness and mercy have never left me. Matter of fact, you've even prepared a table in the presence of my adversary. And all of a sudden you find yourself getting prophetic in that season. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. I just have to sense in this few days that we're having a revival here at Mount Perrin North. There's going to be a prophetic word release. And some of you will not be from the pastor or the preacher. It will be from you. You'll get up tomorrow morning, look in the mirror and say, your best is yet to come. Your latter will be greater than your former. God's doing a work in your life. Sometimes you just have to encourage yourself. Sometimes the preacher can't do it. The pastor can't do it. The guy on the television can't do it. But sometimes you just look in the mirror and say, you know what? You are the head and not the tail. You are the first and not the last. You are a blessed uh, above all. Sometimes you just have to take authority in your life. And we find that the people of God are ready to transition. Moses does something. They're leaving Egypt. You know the story. God takes Moses to the wilderness, shows him his glory. Why would that happen? Because one day Moses would have to lead the people of God through a wilderness. And some of the things you've walked through had purpose. Matter of fact, I want to give you a few things. How to survive transition or a wilderness. Because God is the master at flipping the script. First, here it is. There, understand, there are some things... It does not matter how much you pray about them, how many days you fast, they will not change. Because they're there not meant to be changed, they're there to change you. They're there to shape you and mold you. Second, you have to discern wilderness relationships. Be careful in the wilderness who you will attach to you, who you connect to. 
Because in the wilderness and in your transition, many times you become weary in your journey. And the wrong people try to attach to your journey. You have to discern the right people. I'm telling you, the right people propel you. The wrong people derail you. I'm telling you, never, never get into a serious relationship, single people, when you just broke up with somebody. You know, never jump into an engagement when you're only three weeks out of the last relationship. That was a whole nother sermon. I'm going to move right on. I didn't get any witness right there. You have to discern wilderness relationships. Third, never make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. Never make a permanent decision, a life-altering decision, based on a season that's passing. Number four, remind yourself that you have an appointment with destiny. Remind yourself that you're a person of destination, that you're headed somewhere. Moses is getting ready to lead the people of God out of the wilderness through a transition. And he takes Moses through a wilderness experience, a transitional experience. And the Bible says when he begins to speak to the people of God and they begin to leave Egypt, he does something. The Bible says he lines them up in orderly ranks. It's a military term. When they walked out, they walked out like an army. When we leave this place, we're going to pack our stuff up. We're going to clean our houses. We're going to mow our grass. When we leave this season, we will walk out of here with dignity. I know we've been slaves for a generation, but when we walk out of here, we are going to walk out like people of purpose. Why? Because the way you exit one season will determine how you get to the next season. When you walk out of one season broken, you'll walk into the next season broken. But if you make up your mind, you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to have his perfect and complete work in your life, and you you walk out with your hell, hell, held up and you walk out with your spirit intact and you know that God is working in your life. The Bible said they marched out like an army. They put, packed up their stuff. They got their stuff together and they begin to march out of Egypt. But here's the problem. They're not an army. They're slaves. It only took a few days to get out of Egypt, but it would take 40 years to get Egypt out of them. They march out of Egypt. They walk out like there is purpose before them. And as they're marching, I said, hold up. Do not go that way. The Philistines are over there. And if you can't handle the Egyptians, you'll never be able to handle the Philistines. They have giants in their land. Matter of fact, I'm going to take you a detour. It's a longer route, but in this longer journey, I'm going to work on you. I'm going to work some things out of you. And they begin to march towards the Red Sea. And before long, they find themselves stuck. Anybody felt stuck in this last season? You didn't know how you were going to get out. You didn't know how God was going to work. They were stuck. No way out on the left. No way out on the right. And there's an army on their trail. Not just any army, but it's the voice of their yesterday. It's that voice that told them who they were, what they could be, where they could go. A voice that defined them for generation. You have to know there's something about your tomorrow when your yesterday will not let you go. There has to be something about your future when your yesterday keeps pulling you back. There has to be something about where you're going when the yesterday of your life. There are some of you that are in 2023, but the voices of 2022, they're still haunting you. They're still speaking to you. They're still hovering over your life they march out but but they're stuck not just stuck physically but stuck mentally stuck emotionally their spirits are breaking they're murmuring they're complaining they want to go back to Egypt and in a moment God begins to speak to Moses he said Moses I need three things from you I need you to stand if there has ever been a season that the body of Christ the kingdom of God, the people of God 
needed to stand, it's in this day. I'm telling you, they can cancel everything, but they will never cancel the kingdom. They can silence every voice around us, but they will never silence the voice of the kingdom. He said, Moses, I need you to stand, but I also need you to open your mouth and begin to speak. If you know anything about Moses, speaking was very difficult for Moses. He stuttered when he talked. I am telling you, when you're in a transitional season, God will not only strengthen your strength, he will not only highlight your gifting, but I will tell you, he will challenge your weaknesses. He will cause you to use things that you like to hide, things that no one you want no one to see. He said, Moses, I need you to stand. I need you to open your mouth and begin to speak. Tell the people of God to hold their peace that I am fighting for them. But then the third thing I need you to do, I need you to get right to the edge of where you've never been. I just have to believe some of you are right there right now. It's a night season. They cannot see the Bible said. The Bible said, and he called Moses to get right to the edge. And this is what he asked of him. He said, take what I've put in your hand. The only thing that God requires you to steward is what he's given you. You can't steward what your friend has or what your neighbor has. We like to in this social media world. We like to steward what everybody else has. I can't steward Mount Perrin Church because I'm not the pastor of this church. I can't steward your family, but I can steward, well, what God has given me. Here was the requirement. Take what's in your hand. Get right to the edge of where you've never been and begin to stretch. And I'm telling you, Moses did something that he had never done before. He stood before the people and he began to openly speak to them and declare to them. He became vulnerable to them. And then he got to the edge in a night season. And the Bible said he took his staff and he began to stretch. And the minute Moses stretched, it got crazy. The minute Moses stretched, the Bible said God began to look at Pharaoh's army through a cloud by day and through the fire by night. God never views your adversary the way you view your adversary. He never views your problem the way you see it. He always views it through the lens of the word of God, through the filter of his promise. He always views you in your completed state. He always sees you through a yes and an amen. He always sees you through the word of God that he's established in our life. He begins to peer down at Pharaoh's army, but then he does something. He commissions the angel that had been leading them to move to the back of them. I am telling you, the minute you begin to stretch, God has your back. The minute you begin to make up your mind, you're going to go to places you have never been. God always has your back. He has where you've been. This timeless and spaceless God, he has got you covered. You say, well, pastor, what does that mean? That means he can step into your crazy now, cover your messed up past, and declare your prophetic future all with one word. That's the kind of God we serve. Come on, put your hands together tonight and give him honor. This is what happens. The Bible said the angel moved to behind them. God began to look over them. And then something began to happen that they had not experienced. The Bible said all night long, a wind began to blow. And it began to move the waters eastward. I'll tell you what that wind was. It was the Ruach, breath of God. It was that same wind in Genesis chapter 2 where the father picked up a lump of dirt. And the Bible said he began to work with that dirt. And the more he worked with the dirt, the more the dirt looked like him. I am so glad that he still works with dirt. That he's willing to put his hand on my dirty places. The places I can do nothing with. The places other people do not want to mess with. The Bible said he began to work with that dirt. And before long, the, the 
dirt revealed his image. And the Bible said he breathed on that dirt. And that dirt became a living being. It was that same breath that we find in the book of Exodus that would blow through the temple. And they would know that the grain offering had been accepted. It was that same breath that we find David would encounter in Chronicles. Where the Bible says over and over again he would go to war with the Philistine. But God says this time you go to battle I'm going to reposition you. And I'm going to give you a new strategy. And I want you to move to the front of the mulberry trees but do not go into battle till you hear the rippling of the wind in the top of the mulberry tree and once you hear the wind you will know that I have arrived and the Bible said David repositioned the army and as they were waiting on the wind the wind began to blow and they knew God had showed up and the Bible said they began to defeat their enemy from one city to the next and the Bible declared the name of David was made famous in all of the land. I, I, there's something about waiting on the moving of the Holy Spirit. There's something about waiting on a fresh breath of God. It was that same wind in Ezekiel chapter 37 where the Bible said there was a valley of dead dry bones. And the Bible said through a word of prophecy a wind began to stir. And bones began to come together. And flesh began to wrap those bones. And an army began to rise up in a valley. It was that same breath that Jesus would talk about in John chapter 3 where he begins to tell us that you cannot tell this wind where to go. You cannot dictate to it. You can't put it in a box. But it will lead you and it will guide you into all things. It was that same breath in John chapter 20. Where Jesus walked right through a wall. I'm telling you, if Jesus walked through the wall physically, we would have extended revival. We may go four days, Pastor Kirk. I mean, you know, it would be on, you know. We'd have CNN, Fox, Daystar TV. Everybody would be here if Jesus walked through the wall. It didn't move these disciples. They had watched him walk on water. Feed a multitude with a sack lunch. They had watched him command death to loose those it's had its grip on. Blinded eyes were seeing, lame legs were walking. When Jesus walked through the wall, it did not even phase them. But the minute he began to breathe on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It broke them out of a room of fear and launched them to a room of faith. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see that breath again. The Bible said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. This wind was blowing in Genesis and it blew through an Old Testament and it began to blow through a New Testament and it is still blowing today. And the Bible said they got right to the edge of where they had never been and they began to stretch. And the minute that they started to stretch, the wind began to blow and the Bible said the water Waters begin to roll back. And the Bible said they begin to march across on dry ground. And when they got across, the enemy tried to follow them through to this new season. I'm telling you, if the enemy thinks he can follow you into your new season, he is mistaken. Because God's got your new season. If the enemy thinks he can track you into that place, God is taking you. He is mistaken. The Bible said the enemy tried to follow them in. And the enemy was swallowed up by the working of what God was doing. Never to be heard from again something happened on that riverbed the bible said revival broke out they begin to play a tambourine now i'm not a fan of tambourines we have got a tambourine graveyard at our church it is a special place that if you bring a tambourine it's where it goes you may love tambourines here a matter of fact bring four or five tomorrow night for pastor kirk you know you just have a tambourine revival in this house tomorrow night i'm joking i'm joking 
But they begin to play the tambourine. And they begin to sing and dance. And they begin to sing about the horse and the rider that was swallowed up into the sea. You know, when I was in Israel just a few years ago, I was praying down at the wall with all my, my friends that were with me on this trip and my brothers, my Jewish brothers and sisters. And I heard somebody singing a song. And I walked over in a corner and it was some Jewish folks. They were singing about the horse and the rider that was swallowed up into the sea thousands of years later. Why? Because the minute you find yourself at a midnight and you don't know how to get out, but you are determined you are going to stretch and that stretch attracts the breath of God. It bursts something in you that is more than just a feeling at a servant. It's more than just something you experience in a servant. It's more than just something you read on a billboard. It's something that marks your soul and it stays with you for generation. It marks you so deep that it is passed to your children and your grandchildren. And I'm believing in this season, God is marking people and there is a generational anointing that is sweeping over. It's not for the the weak need or the faint of heart. It's for those that get right to the edge of where they've never been and say, Father, we believe you are taking us to a new place. You are doing something new in our spirit. You are going before us and making crooked places straight. So, Father, we get to the edge and we take what you have given us and we are stretching and we believe when you stretch, we believe the wind is getting ready to blow and we believe the heavens are getting ready to shift and we believe the kingdom is getting ready to advance. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together. Something happens. The Bible said that he said, Moses, I need you to stand. I need you to speak. And I need you to stretch. This keyboard right here has 88 keys. But these 88 keys can produce billions of songs. Sometimes all we see is the little bit we have. But we fail to understand what God is producing in it. We see the wilderness, but not yet the promise. We find that years pass and a young leader named Joshua now takes the reins. And Joshua looks at the people of God and says, we're getting ready to stretch another time. But this time it will be different because when we came out of Egypt, we were being pursued. But when we go in, we will be the pursuers. Everywhere we touch our foot down, every word that started in the book of Genesis where the father declared to the adversary, there is coming one that will bruise your head. The word that was given to father Abraham on a mountain and passed down to Moses when he was in the wilderness, we are now carriers of that word. And this word was more than just a promise. It was a word of purpose. And it's connected to a kingdom that has no end. And one day as we walk through and we stretch into a new season, and when we walk in, we're going to go in with boldness and strength. So matter of fact, be bold and be strong because when we cross over we're going to be perpetual people of promise we're not only going to cross over a, ri a river we're not only going to conquer Jericho but we're going to move city after city after city and we're going to allow tribes to be established and one day out of one of those tribes it will come a young boy named David and David that will defeat a giant David that will become the king he will have a household named the house of David and out of that house will come the son of David and from the son of David we find that there will be a cross and 
on that cross, he will declare, it is finished. And because of that declaration, we now roll in a building in Marietta, Georgia. And the minute we open up our mouth and we lift up our hands, once again, the heavens begin to shift. Once again, the wind begins to blow. Because in the Old Testament, the wind came from somewhere else. But in a New Testament, it comes from the believer. That's why David, I believe, prophetically declared, let everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Something happens in our journey. Something happens in our life. And maybe you've been in that season of transition. You're at the right place. Maybe you've been in that stretching season where the Holy Spirit just desires for you to get to the edge. Where you feel like you're going to fall off. But you take what God has given you. You take your family Take your finances. Take your ministry or that place that God has assigned you at the marketplace. Maybe those strengths and those giftings or even your issues. And you get right to the edge. And you begin to stretch. You know, for me, this last season has been a stretching season. I went to our general assembly, as Pastor Kirk said, and I got elected to this new position. So I've been juggling both worlds. You know, I find that in this stretching season, God has shown himself over and over again to me in ways that I've not experienced. Because I find when I am weak, his strength is made perfect. When I cannot see, he brings clarity to my vision. When I find myself feeling broken, the restore of my soul and a very present help in a time of trouble always arrives. You know, I was reminded, I'm going to ask the musicians to go ahead and come tonight. I was reminded this week, I was getting on a plane to come from, uh, leave from Tampa. And I was flying into Cleveland for convocation at Lee. And when I walked into the airport and I, got on my plane. I was tired. I had been in Orlando the day before speaking. And when I got to the airport, there was a young lady named Jackie there. And she said, Pastor, remember I'm praying for you. And it always encourages me when I see Jackie because there was a moment in our journey where I felt like we were in a stretching place. In one of those places where we were right to the edge. You couldn't tell it. Our church was doing well. My family was doing well. But it was just something happening right here in me. Maybe I, I'm not sure if I shared this when I was here the last time. But I'd been invited on this trip with a group of pastors. And I felt like when I was invited that it was going to be just a kingdom moment. You know, sometimes we're looking for a season, but God gives us a moment. And if you miss the moment, many times you'll miss the season. Sometimes just one moment thrust you into a season or maybe even perpetual seasons. I felt like it was a moment. I'd been invited on this trip. It was like the who's who of preachers. Pastor Jensen Franklin, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Franklin Graham. I think they had one spot left. Nobody else wanted to go. They said, ask that guy in Tampa. I booked my ticket. And it really would be one of those trips in just days. 
after this trip, I'd be on Fox and Friends and CNN, and God would just open a whole new realm and platform for me. But when I got to the airport to take my trip, I was ready. Had my bags packed, had my ticket booked. And sometimes we're ready, but in a moment things change. I get to the airport and a storm moved in. And if you've been in Florida long, you know weather can change just like that. You're in line at Disney and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a typhoon comes, you know. A storm had moved in. Lightning grounded all the planes. We sat there for 45 minutes. And eventually, I just began to wonder about my connecting flight. So I pulled out my app, and I realized that my connecting flight was taking off in 15 minutes. I looked for other flights going to where I was headed. No other flights. I've been stuck in the airport because I found Delta does not wait on me. They just close the door and go. So I get up to go over to the gate agent to tell the lady that I'm going to get off the flight. And before I could say anything, the lady behind the counter said, Pastor. I didn't know her at this time, but I didn't want her to know that. So I said, Sister, that works. She said, you don't know me, Pastor. She said, my name's Jackie. I said, hey, Jackie, nice to meet you. She said, we've only been coming to the church four or five months. But she said, Pastor, the sermon series on faith we just came out has revolutionized our family. She said, I've been praying with my husband. We've been praying over our children. I've been praying with coworkers. Matter of fact, sometimes I even feel led to pray over passengers. Now, I don't tell them. I just pray with them as they walk by. She said, it's revolutionized our family. We're growing. I said, Jackie, that is awesome. She said, well, pastor, what is it that I can do for you? I said, you know, I was going on this trip with this group of pastors. I'm going to miss my connecting flight. Jackie, I think I'm going to get off the plane. I don't want to be stuck in the airport in Houston. She said, oh, no, I think you're going to make that flight. I said, really? I'm thinking Jackie's going to get on the computer. I said, really? Is there another route? She said, I'm not sure, but I'm going to pray you make your flight. Now, I want to look like the man of faith and power. You know, I want to look like super pastor. I'm like, Jackie, that is awesome. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I'm battling some unbelief, you know. I'll go sit back down. We sat there another 15 minutes. Finally, they get us on the plane. We sat at the gate another 20 minutes. Finally, I push the button. The flight attendant comes over and said, you know, I'm going to grab my stuff, get off the plane. I'm going to miss my connecting flight. He said, well, I'm getting ready to shut the door. Grab your stuff. I said, well, I guess I'll stay. He comes over in about five minutes, and this is what he said. He said, Mr. Stewart, it'll be all right. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you'll make your connecting flight. I said, how can you be sure it's taking off right now? He said, no, no, you'll be all right. I said, how can you be positive? He said, because the pilot of this plane is the pilot of your next plane. He said, that flight cannot take off till we arrive. I'll tell you what happened. We landed in Houston. I didn't even get off with everybody else. I walked down a ramp with the pilot. We got in a car. They drove us to the next plane. I was on the plane before anybody else. I said all that to say this. There was something happening in me. I forgot about my trip. And right there on that runway, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Tony, I'm not only flying the last leg of the journey, I'm flying the next leg of the journey. And it cannot take off until you you arrive. He said, just stretch. Allow me to work. Come on, jump to your feet tonight. I want to pray over you. There's these moments where it's dark and we can't see. 
But the Holy Spirit says if you'll just get to the edge and you'll stretch your worship. If you'll just get to the edge and stretch your prayer life. If you'll just get to the edge of where you're at and stretch your faith. I'm ready to breathe. My prayer for Mount Perrin is that there would be a fresh wind of heaven. That every time you assemble because of where you've been with God in your private time. That when we arrive in this public space, the minute we open our mouth, we get right to the edge with our worship and say, God, take us to where we've never been. Take us to where we've never walked. Father, open a dimension of your glory, Father, that we have never experienced. I'm telling you, it's not for the faint of heart. It's for those that have endured a wilderness. But like Caleb, they're still dreaming about that mountain. It's for Joshua that's been handed the reins and he doesn't understand, but all of a sudden something rises within him. And he says, be bold and be strong, for the Lord is with us. Let's banish fear and doubt because we're going in. Matter of fact, pack up your stuff because when we go in, we're going to where we've never been. We're going to get to the edge. Some of you are in that place right now where the Holy Spirit would say, you're, you're there. I, I know it's night season, but I can see everything. I, I know you don't understand where you're walking, but, but remember, I've got it all mapped out. Every step has been ordered. I, I know you can't figure it out because you're not God and I am. We just get to the edge. And that breath that began to blow in Genesis that hovered over the face of the deep, that breathed on dirt and caused it to live, that would blow through a temple, that would blow through a valley, that would blow into a season of battle, that would encounter a group of disciples in a locked room, but also in a room of faith. I find this breath and this wind would go where it was needed. It would go to low valleys. It would reach high mountains. It would move in the room of faith. But it would also encounter people in their broken place. So my prayer for you in this next few days, God would just continue to take you to the edge. You know, there was something, Pastor, about every time that Moses lifted his hand. It was crazy. You remember when they were on the mountain and the people that were around him noticed that every time Moses' hands went up, there was victory. So they tried to prop rocks under his arm. And that didn't work real well. So then they got beside him and they lifted his hands. I believe, I believe the revelation is in this. When Moses is in the wilderness, God speaks to him and says, just as I swore an oath to Abraham. One translation says, as I lifted my hand to Abraham, so will I be with you. In Genesis, it never said that God lifted his hand to Abraham. It said that Abraham lifted his hand to God. But here's the picture. The, Moses, the minute Abraham's hand went up, another hand went up. The minute Moses' hand went up, another hand went up. And I'm telling you tonight, the minute your hands go up,
and begins to say, there's another hand that rises. The creator of all the universe. The alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. The minute you get right to the edge and you begin to stretch your faith. I'm telling you, things you cannot do, that hand can. Things that you cannot put in place, that hand begins to array. The mountains you cannot tunnel through, he begins to wipe them out and make them a plane. The minute you get to the edge and begin to stretch. Just maybe you've been in a season. I'm going to ask him just lead us in worship. I want to pray over you tonight. Then I'm going to ask the team to come in if you have special needs. But I just want to pray a prayer of declaration over you tonight. Maybe you're at a place where you say, Pastor, I, I sense God moving me and stretching me and speaking to me. There's some things I've been praying about. There's some things I've been believing for. Or maybe you just said, Pastor, this last season has been a season of transition. He said, Moses, get right to the edge. Take what I've given you and stretch. And the Bible said, all night long. I'm so glad he works the night shift. I'm so glad when I'm weary, he's still working. I'm so glad when I can't do anything with my children or my marriage is not working the way I thought it would. He's still working. I'm so glad when the prayers haven't been answered the way I thought they would be. He's still working. I'm so glad that when I do not have the answer, he's at work. Just maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm ready for a fresh breath. I'm ready to encounter him in a fresh way. I'm ready to get to the edge of where I've never been. I'm ready to lead my family to places we've not walked. I'm ready to stake new territory in my kingdom journey. I want you just to imagine that this altar right here is the edge. This is the riverbed. This is the edge of where you've never walked. The places you've never went spiritually. For some that you're believing for in your ministry or your business. Maybe some you're just claiming a promise for your children. Pastor, God spoke to me at the beginning of this year and I declared it over our church that this would be the year of the prodigal. This would be the year that prodigals got up out of the mire and came home. Sons and daughters, grandchildren. I declare that over this house tonight. I declare that over this house tonight. Every lost thing, let it be found. Every lost place. Let it be found. But if you're believing God for anything and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to get to the edge and stretch. As they lead us in worship, I want you to come and stand at the edge of the Red Sea with me. And I want to join my feet with yours. I want to pray a prayer together, believing that the Holy Spirit is getting ready to breathe once again. Come on, let's just worship for a moment. Father, we bless you tonight. Come on, would you come tonight? Come on, if you know this, just declare it with them. You said. As you come up, you feel comfortable, just lift your hands and stretch before you.
declare that tonight. We believe. I'm going to pray in just a moment, but listen. You know, Pastor, when I got off the airplane and got to my hotel tonight, the hotel had this beautiful set of glass doors. Beautiful set of glass doors. This whole front was glass. But you know, I noticed that when I pulled into the hotel, the doors did not open. When I got out of my car, the doors remained closed. When I started walking towards the hotel, the doors had not yet to open. But there was a place when I got close enough to those doors because they were automated doors. I didn't have to push the door open. I didn't have to kick the door open. I didn't have to pry the door open. I just hit the sensor. Well, I just sensed in my heart that somebody's about to hit the sensor. You're right there. And God says, when you hit the sensor, be ready. When you hit the sensor, be ready. So if you're ready to get to the edge, you're ready to stretch, come on, if you feel comfortable, just slide your hand out. It's nothing magical that's happening right now. You're just saying, God, I'm here. I surrender. If you're, real, if you're really ready, stretch both those hands out. Don't hit your neighbor. Father, I declare tonight that we are at the edge. This house is at the edge, Father of places we have not yet been. Father, you're doing things in the spirit that we have not seen. You're arranging things for this strategic moment in the kingdom. There's a fresh anointing. Father, I declare a fresh season of favor. And Father, you've already ordered every step. So as we take these steps of faith, Father, I believe, Father, that we're going to trigger the kingdom sensor and the doors are beginning to open. The heavens are beginning to shift, Father. And you're beginning to declare a fresh word of revelation. Crooked places even now are being made straight. Father, I just see mountains being made a plain. The giant that has stood on the hill and roared for too many days is beginning to fall. Father, we declare victory in every area. We declare that sons and daughters are coming home. We declare that grandchildren are coming home. We declare that spouses, Father, are coming to know you. Father, you're putting the right relationships. You're connecting the right people. Father, you're turning those places around. You're opening vats of provision. You're declaring healing to sick bodies. And restoration to broken places. So, Father, we step to the edge tonight. And we ask you to breathe. We ask you to breathe tonight. Breathe on every home. Breathe on every home. Father, and I declare what you're doing in this house. You will do in those houses that are connected to this house. As you stir the heart of this house... You'll stir in the heart of homes connected to this house. And Father, as Pastor Kirk leads us into the next season, 
as this team, Father, of warriors and worshipers lead us into this next season. Father, we will be bold. We will be strong because we are going where we've never been. We're taking new ground, new territory. We're stretching our borders, Father. We're enlarging our territory, Father, for increase. So favor, go before us. Be our guide. Give us wisdom to walk where you've called us. And Father, we will walk with a declaration that every promise has already been declared with a yes and an amen. Come on, if you receive that, put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. Father, we bless you tonight. Come on, if you would open your mouth, let the redeemed of the Lord say so tonight. Father, we bless you tonight. We honor you tonight. We give you praise tonight. You are an awesome God, a good God. We bless you. God bless. says shout unto God with a voice of triumph come on give the Lord your highest praise right now amen he's worthy he is worthy amen amen are you glad you were in the house of the Lord tonight amen can you show your appreciation to Bishop Tony Stewart please 
Thank you, my friend. Pastor Tony has a great book. I read it several months ago. Uh, it's called The Door to More. There is a table out there. Uh, I want to get this right. Is it one for 15, two for 20? Is that what it is? Not even close? What is it? Is that right? Okay, good. Jason's telling him what he's selling his books for. I have no idea what that's all about, but there you have it. Anyway, go out there, um, see Pastor Tony, and uh, this is a great book. It'll build your faith. I hope you'll be a part of, um, and let it build your faith. I hope you'll come back and be a part of tomorrow night. Really feel like the Lord has dropped in my spirit a word that he's going to declare over us tomorrow night. Amen? Amen. And uh, I am just excited about that. I hope you'll be in prayer about tomorrow night as well. And uh, please join me in praying for Pastor Joe and Kayla Dobbins who uh, experienced the loss this week. Keep them in your prayers as well. Before you leave tonight, allow me the privilege to bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Let's give our response from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you, folks. Have a great one. See you tomorrow night.